0: Welcome to a new episode of Towelight Talk. This is Casey and this is Chris and we are going to be exploring something that a lot of people have been talking about Um, not just lately maybe just like the last couple years but it seems to kind of ebb and flow and that's the superhero bubble like the title of the episode implies. Um, So this episode we're really going to kind of dive deep into the big two of, uh, Marvel and DC and what they're doing on TV, what they're doing in the movies, what they're doing in the comics. Um, and how that, uh, you know, what they refer to as the superhero bubble, um, how close we are to actually getting it to pop. Are we oversaturated with comic books, with superheroes in general? And, um, so we'll go into it, but first of all, we're going to go into the news. So Chris, why don't you lead us in that? All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's we're gonna cover a little
1: bit Marvel and DC news. Let's keep this basically, I guess, comic book centric for this whole episode. Uh, Absolutely. So we can kind of talk about the bubble with these topics, and then we'll get into the main the main topic, as you said. So, um, let's talk a little bit about the Spider-Man Homecoming movie. Uh, we know this is a shared property between um, Sony and Marvel Studios, which is unprecedented uh, these days with the comic book movies. It's a great thing, especially after we saw what happened with Tom Holland in uh, in Civil War. So uh, there's been kind of back and forth between um, the idea that Michael Keaton would be joining this picture. Uh, it, now the news is that he's back in negotiations to play a villain in this movie. I'm excited for that. this prospect. Uh, they're saying that he might play the vulture. Who knows? Uh, what do you think
0: about Michael Keaton, the big K? Michael Keaton, I I want him to be in that movie. I want him to be in every movie, because I love (laughs) Michael Keaton. Um, Every movie. Fun fact, I just found this out on Saturday. Michael Keaton's going to be here in Rochester to accept a George Eastman Award. Um, And in celebration of him accepting this award, and the tickets are like $100, and I'm really on the fences to if I want to buy them or not. But they're playing Mr. Mom... I want to say it's like strictly business possibly. Uh Batman Returns and Beetlejuice in 35mm here in Rochester. So guess who's going to see Beetlejuice and Batman Returns, my favorite Batman movie. Damn straight. <laughs> On the big screen. <laughs> it's funny, how, was,
1: it's funny uh, how it's Batman Returns and not the original Batman.
0: I know, I don't give a shit. I'm so pumped up about it. That's my favorite one. So That's
1: cool. But do you think they'll do like a like a video of him watching his own
0: films like of the I might do something like that, you know, as he's accepting his, his award. Um, you know, maybe he'll come in as Birdman, who knows, but <laughs> anywho. It doesn't take much. No, sidetracked from that. Um, yes, I do want uh, Michael Keaton to be in Spider-Man Homecoming. No, I don't want him to be Vulture. I hate that character. Um, he's a character that, like, Spider-Man can't punch because he's old and he feels bad for him. And it's like, Vulture has been at times pretty manipulative, but not to the degree of like a Harry Osborne or sorry, Norman Osborne or Harry. But if he's Norman Osborne, that I would be more excited about. Um I don't want to see Green Goblin. We've already seen him twice. He's already been bad twice, but I would like to see him as um a Norman Osborne who, you know, Norman Osborn in the in the Marvel universe is like he goes on to do Siege. He ends up like just being like a complete freaking psychopath. I know a lot of people don't like. Um, what was the most recent Spider-Man run, or not Spider-Man Superior Spider-Man? And uh, Norman Osborn is in that, and he does a fantastic job, but. Yeah, I just uh I like Michael Keaton. I love him. I wanted to see him in this movie, but I want him to be Norman Osborne. I do not want him to be um Fulcher. Or I wanted to see him as uh Craven. <laughs> That's the other one. That's kind of a cool idea. Uh, I could see him being Craven because he is kind of crazy already. Yeah, that, that is
1: actually something I never thought of and I, I think that would be something I could be very acceptable of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you think about Tying in another Marvel Studios villain, I know we are we're already going to see, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man in this, or Tony Stark, you know, which is cool. Uh, it's cool that they're sharing the characters. What do yeah. you think about the rumors that uh, Vincent uh, uh, D'Onofrio will be a uh, maybe reprising his role as Kingpin in this? Would that be kind of a cool idea that they're, you know, the shared TV universe and the movies, like we always discuss, like this little lack of overlap. Would that be kind of? I think that'd be kind of a cool thing. Seeing that Kingpin has always played a big part in the Spider-Man comics, cartoon, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, Kingpin is Kingpin's one of those in-between villains. Um, he is a major Spider-Man villain, and he's a major Daredevil villain. It's kind of like when you have the twins. Um, I, what I was gonna say, quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. They're in between. They're X-Men characters, and then they're also... So, you know what I mean? Like, Kingpin um, definitely could show up on the big screen. I know, like, a lot of the problem that I've heard, you know, and we'll talk a little bit more about it when we go into DC, but, like, people have a problem, I guess, with TV characters trying to play movie characters, movie stars. You know, they don't translate. Vincent D'Onofrio is, first and foremost, a movie star. Now, I know he's on Law & Order, and he had a really good run, and a really long run on Law & Order, but he is a movie star first. So, he already has the acting chops to be in movies, because that's primarily what he does. Um, There's no reason, no reason that I could think of where Vincent D'Onofrio shouldn't have a cameo. I mean, most of these people. Charlie Cox movie star and then he does tv uh i fucking what's her name um claire temple what's the actress um Uh, rosario dawson yeah rosario i mean rosario fucking dawson i mean like she's an amazing actress and then she's doing tv so you know what i mean like these people nowadays there should be no lines where a tv actor can't go and be in a movie and um, we'll talk about how fucking stupid it is on DC, but in Marvel, like they're not doing a really good job either. Like Coulson, you know, he, he should be in Marvel movies again. So yeah, I think Vincent D'Onofrio uh, and you know, should be on Spider-Man. Absolutely. If that, if that's a, a possibility, he should show up at least for a cameo.
1: I I also think that the, the line is a lot thinner. I mean, you can take a look at Agents ancient shield and how Samuel Jackson shows up on that. But the line is a lot no, thinner
0: when he you did. He didn't even show up in the latest Civil War. Right, so
1: but I'm saying he did. But here's the thing: the 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 line is a lot thinner between Netflix production and movie production. It's about the same damn yeah. thing. I would say yeah. that even Netflix production is above movie production because you can tell a bigger story with that kind of quality. So it's like, you know, Netflix, HBO, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes you know it's a lot easier to tell a story than within a two-hour time period. You know.
0: Wow. Well, and I think this kind of, you know, I put it down as like our our uh, close, you know, next talking point about Netflix uh, series in general. Um, if you want to kind of go into that, um, since we're kind of already talking about that Netflix realm. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is that, you know, The Punisher, John Bernthal, he just got his own series, his own Punisher series. Um, not to say that other characters aren't going to show up in it. We don't know hundred percent what's going to happen, but with that, it's like, that's the best Punisher that we've ever seen because instead of two hours, we got him for, you know, probably a good eight hours out of the 12 or 13 or whatever. Like we, we got to know that character better than we've ever seen him before in a film. And there are, there are characters that
1: are easier to tell a story within the two hour time block than there are. Spider-Man. Spider-Man he can, but you know, that's easy. Yeah, it's Captain America's very simple. Iron is yep. very simple. Yep. But like characters that have a lot more depth to them, like we're going to say Moon Knight, maybe Ghost Rider, Blade even, you know, it's like Blade Blade was great within the movie anyways, you know, it's like But Blade also had his own TV show as well. Yeah, cuz you know that lasted a really long time. But um <laughs> yeah. But but you know, at the same time it's like it's it's great it's great to see these more street level characters, and I guess that's where Spider-Man exists really well as well, because he can exist within the grand scale of being a superhero along with being a street level. Um, but I think the Netflix shows would do a do better justice with characters like Moon Knight, Ghost Rider, Punisher, and those kind of guys.
0: Yeah, I it mean it's the Marvel Knights, as they yep. as they say. um, I recently listened to an episode of uh, Fat Man on Batman where Joe Quesada was on there. And Joe Quesada, obviously, he oversees everything, whether it's the movies, the comics, the, and the TV shows. But Kevin Smith was specifically talking to him about the television shows and um, a couple fun facts. One, he was talking about you know Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist and how that all is going to lead into The Defenders. And he was like, Yes, this is coming, and we do know where things are leading to. And and Kevin Smith was like, you know, what about the rumors of Moon Knight, Ghost Rider, Blade? And he was saying that they're rumors, and I can't really talk about it, but they would do very well on television, kind of leading into that that fact. Um in in the fact that like Yes, doing something for 13 hours or 12 hours is going to give you a much richer storyline than you are going to be in 2 hours. Um especially like a character like Moon Knight um that nobody knows about, really. I mean like we do we read comics, but this is a guy who's basically Batman with multiple personality disorder. Um you need 12 hours for that guy.
1: <laughs> no, no no doubt about that. So I mean, it, the more they can grow that Netflix universe, the better it is for us fans. Um, and it also gives us something to do with, you know, between the movies. It's, it's going to be amazing.
0: Yeah. One other thing I wanted to say um, with Joe Casada, and maybe this will go into like our, our broader scheme of things, is that actually, you know what, I'll save it for later. Let's okay. keep talking about uh, your news
1: yeah uh moving on let's talk about we have uh some casting casting call and also a cast announce so let's i'm gonna start with the Black panther casting call that came out uh today i think it was
0: you tell me I haven't yeah. watched any news
1: today it was today or yesterday um today is the twenty third of May because we're putting out this podcast within the next couple of days within the week but um they put out the names of the characters that will be appearing in the Black Panther movie now. Black Panther was an epic part of the uh, Civil War. Uh, it was a great way to introduce the character. Um, it also kind of made me think about what, how the Black Panther movie will kind of go. Because, uh, spoiler alert, uh, it's been three weeks, so we're going to talk about some spoilers. But the assassination of his father, which really drove his character through the movie, um, this was always something that was kind of portrayed that happened to Wakanda, either with like uh, the man ape character or people trying to take over Wakanda. But it was kind of interesting the way they did use that assassination to propel him against the Winter Soldier. Right. Um, but that kind of leaves us just kind of like in the dark of how this movie is going to play out. Uh, so the casting the casting came out. Uh, two characters that we already know of have been announced. We know that uh, Ulysses Claw is going to be, who was played by Andy Serkis in Age of Ultron, uh, will be playing Claw, um, you know, the guy who has. Absolute control of sound, uh, kind of a B character leading up to kind of the comic book explosion. But now everybody kind of knows who he is, and also uh, we see um, Martin um, Freeman, Freeman's Everett K. Ross returning as well in this. Uh, there's been there's been a lot of uh, news that some big big characters will be uh, joining it, including uh, Lupita Nyong'o from uh, the Forest Awakens who played Mascanada and Michael B. Jordan, uh, who we all know who worked with uh, the director in Creed um, will be playing a villain most likely. So it's kind of up near who these people will be playing. Uh, they have announced that there's going to be a love interest for uh, T'Challa called Monica, uh, Monica Lynn. And also we have the Manape was a major villain, and also White Wolf, who was his adopted brother, uh, who is also a villain. So, who knows? Uh, I'm excited for this movie. What do you think about all these uh, these announcements?
0: I'm good. You know, um, I'm really excited about that movie. I have not seen um, Fruitvale Station, which uh, Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther, directed. I have seen Creed. I will say that after watching Creed, that was one of the best movies of last year. It was one of the best Rocky movies I've ever seen. It was freaking, it was a perfect film. And I've liked Michael B. Jordan since I first saw him in um, Chronicle. So, you know, even though that fantastic fan four stick film was not good, Michael B. Jordan, you know, he did good. Uh, You know, I, I think he's a really, really good actor. So, I'm excited for whoever he's going to be in uh, the upcoming film. Um, Everett Ross, you know, we got to see a little bit of him in Age of Ultron or um, sorry, Civil War, and he was fine. Martin Freeman is a, a fantastic actor. You know, he's in Sherlock, he's in the Hobbit films. He's he's great. And then Chadwick Boseman, I mean, this guy created his own Wakandan accent like that. I mean, it's a fictional world, so or a fictional place. He basically. Uh, took where uh, Wakanda would be in Africa, and kind of like based it on the dialects of that area, and that's how he came up with um, you know, that accent. And like Black Panther was one of the best parts of that movie. Like yes. every time he moved, he was completely silent. I mean, he was like sh- like kicking like three times. Um, he's as smart as Tony Stark. He's more wealthier than almost anybody in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or Marvel Universe, period. He might be, other than Doom, he's probably the wealthiest. I mean, really. He's got more money than Tony Stark, and he's stronger than Captain America. I mean, he sliced Captain America's shield with those claws. Like, thats I mean, it's vibranium versus vibranium, but still. Like, that's crazy. So... I'm excited as shit for that movie. I I I can't wait. I can't wait. Pumped. Yeah. Uh, absolutely.
1: I, Marvel is on track as usual. As usual. Speaking yep. of being on track and Marvel being on track, uh this week they announced the casting of Thor Ragnarok, which is just blowing my mind completely. Um we have there's been a lot of kind of like up in the you know, up in the air what's gonna happen. Uh, Will Mark Ruffalo be in the movie? It is now confirmed that Hulk will be in the movie. Will we see kind of a Planet Hulk, you know, scenario play out? Will we see maybe just like a a weird dream sequence? Who knows? But we know that two of the most powerful Avengers will be in this movie since they were, you know, missing from Civil War. Um, But I guess the biggest news is we have Kate Blanchett will be playing Hela, who is, uh, you know the queen of the underworld, basically in Norse mythology plays a, you know, big villain sometimes, you know, kind of walks the line of what a villain is in that, in that world. But, um, uh, Cate Blanchett, great actress. I really excited to see her take on that. You know, she was great in Lord of the Rings as um, the crazy elf (laughs) elf goddess, whatever. So, um, it's great. Queen of the 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 Queen of the elves. Um, but, you know, um, just to hear the word, the name Jeff Goldblum joining the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe is enough for anybody to get their, uh, you know, their pants wet. So it's it's cool. Um, we're gonna see him playing the uh, the Grandmaster, who is actually the brother of the Collector, who is played by uh, Benicio Del Toro in the movie Guardians of the Galaxy, and we know that he'll be playing a bigger role as as things roll on. So it'll be interesting to see not only Jeff Goldblum in this movie, seeing that this is more of a cosmic movie, as they've said that um, since this is why Natalie Portman will not be in the third movie, it takes place mostly in space um, since as guardians are aliens. And we've learned that since guardians of galaxy, but um, it's cool that they're bringing another big name uh, villain from the Marvel universe in the form of Jeff Goldblum.
0: Yeah, this casting, I, I, (laughs) I, So here's the thing about this case. Oh, you also missed uh, Carl Urban as Scourge. I, I, I haven't missed it. I'm not, I'm
1: going one by one here. But uh, oh, one one
0: I okay. will I will mention Carl Urban as Scourge. It's great.
1: I love Carl Urban. Scourge is a big character who normally, uh, you know, accompanies the Enchantress, which we have not heard of yet. So um, it's kind of interesting to think that maybe we'll, we will still hear an announcement that she will be joining the cast Um And also, uh, they have announced that the the Valkyrie uh, will be
0: played by... uh, I want to say it's Tessa Thompson, possibly. Yep, And she's from Creed. Which, you know, bring it all together. Marvel is is one. It's all connected. Um, Kate Blanchett is my favorite actress, period. So that I was pumped about. Jeff Goldblum, he haunts my dreams forever. Pumped about that. Here's the thing. I kind of thought this movie was already filming. Um, I, I guess I I thought that Chris Hemsworth was seen in Australia shooting some stuff. I thought that this movie was already like into production, and it might be. And then we heard this cast list, and I was like, oh, okay. Because it comes out next... I guess it comes out next November, so whatever. Well, um, we could also be looking at a lot of voiceovers.
1: We could be looking at some major CGI characters, um, though I don't want to see that, but you never know. Um, then again, I mean, Marvel knows how to shoot movies within a decent amount of time, unlike some other uh, studios, but um, who knows? Maybe they're just hiding this all under wraps until now.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um I cuz I thought that they were already shooting stuff. I'll also say so the director is oh god it's like Taika Waktiki um who shot what we do in the shadows which is a like a horror comedy, a vampire comedy. Really? You know, they got like a really unique director again, like a James Gunn, somebody who like is super weird and out of the ordinary. Um so I thought that that was, you know, great from Marvel again. What I think this movie is actually going to be about, I think that the last time we saw Loki is that he was, you know, taking the place of All Father, or he was in that form. I think that he's going to make Thor battle in a gladiatorial competition and who he's going to face off against is Hulk. And of course they'll have a fight and it'll be awesome. And then, um, you know they'll realize that they have to form up a partnership and then uh you know go on to fight loki like a buddy um,
1: like a buddy cop
0: movie like a buddy cop movie or you know i recently just watched marvel studios uh or marvel animated um hulk versus where hulk and thor fight and the reason they fight is because loki mind controls him with the help of enchantress um and they also do actually have to go to hell, because Bruce Banner's in hell. I could see them using that for Thor Ragnarok. I could see Kate Blanchett uh, holding the soul of Bruce Banner while Hulk is running rampant through Asgard and uh, Thor Ragnarok. having to stop him. Yep, and like you know, Hulk is the Ragnarok. Like Hulk is just fucking shit up. You know, I don't know what they're gonna do. I you know I the last couple Thor movies. Quite honestly, are the worst of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, in my opinion, personally. Um, So I'm hoping that they really uh, go for a win, and you know, they with this cast, I think that it's the best cast that they've ever had. But at the same time, Hulk has, or sorry, Thor has had, you know, Anthony Hopkins, Natalie Portman, uh, Rene Russo. It's not like it's had a bad cast before. So, and, and Christopher Eccleston, like they've had a really good cast. I just hope that they can uh, they can pull it out for this one.
1: And and you do have to mention that by putting them on the bottom of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, it's still on top of everything else. So these movies are oh, still yeah. they're yeah. still good movies, and I can still watch Thor one and two many times over and still enjoy them.
0: Yeah, I Thor- mean they're they're bees. It's just that, like, when you got A+, plus is like Civil War. Like, that's it. You know, still good, still really good movies. It's just not as good as the other ones.
1: It's like Apples and Oranges, my friend. All right, what's next? <clears throat> All right, so we're past Marvel. So let's get into some DC news. The alter, the other side of things. Um, I guess let's, let's talk a little bit of Rebirth. Uh, Rebirth starts this week. Uh, it launches tomorrow, which is Tuesday the 24th at, oh, I guess, tw- so it's on 20. it starts at midnight, which is Wednesday yeah. at midnight. So yeah. tomorrow night, early Wednesday morning, whatever you want to call it, whatever your preference is, vampires. Um, rebirth is coming. Now, rebirth is, we've talked about reboots. I've expressed my anger over reboots. I've expressed my anger over events many times. Um, but, this week, some spoilers did drop. i don't wanna I guess we can talk about them because I'm sure this episode will come out after that um, you know I'm not even gonna,
0: probably come out on that day to be honest with you
1: I'm not even gonna talk about it so um let's talk about the fact that spoilers did drop. The spoilers that did drop made me more excited for rebirth than I was. I was not gonna buy rebirth this one shot. I was not gonna buy a lot of issues of rebirth. Um, but it did something that got me excited. And I'm actually, I want to see the return to kind of the classic DC universe that we have not seen um, since, you know, five years ago when the new 52 started. Now I'm not going to say that I wasn't a fan of new 52. I did enjoy a lot of aspects of that, but at the same time, I think what's kind of rolled out in terms of like the movie universe um, was heavily impacted upon this new darker tone of of some of the characters. Now, I'm not saying that the D C is not a dark world, but I don't want to see my Superman dark. I don't want to see the flash dark. I want to see, you know, them be true to the character, as we've talked about many times. We don't have to rehash this. Maybe we'll rehash this a little bit as we talk about the bubble. But you know, this whole concept of this more positive direction, more um What was the word they used? Um, I don't know. I don't know either. But um, it's just now I'm excited. So I've already I've already picking up that that uh, number one
0: that standalone issue. You didn't even give a spoiler there, but um... (laughs) yeah, like uh, I really want. I want to be happy with DC. Like I want to be excited. The only DC titles that I read are Batman and Wonder Woman and now I read Hellblazer and like that's it. Like and I want to read more DC. Like I absolutely do. So like for the rebirth titles I'm excited for Batman. I'm excited for Green Arrow. Um I'm excited for Detective Comics. Um I'm ex- excited for Justice League. Wonder Woman, I know Green Lanterns aren't what you want to, you're excited about. I'm excited for that. And Flash, and like I want to love those characters again. Like, I've never been a big DC fan, I actually only started reading DC, um, other than Batman because I've read that my entire life. But all the other characters I would read on and off, but consistently, I only started reading DC at the new 52. So, I want to. To really love what they're gonna do, um, and I actually really like this spoiler of Doctor Manhattan creating the new Fifty Two, and the the Watchman is being part of in canon um, the DC universe um, that I'm excited about. So, you know, and then Justice League Fifty also comes out um, on Wednesday as well, where we're supposed to hear. Uh, the reveal of the Joker, like his true identity, which I also think is a horrible fucking idea. Or unless they like completely swerve it. Because no matter what they do, either it's a Joker, which it's like his name is Joe Cool again, it's just a random person, or it's Joker and his name is Alfred, and it's somebody that we know. No matter which direction they go with, Nobody is going to be happy with the reveal of the Joker. Go well,
1: well. You did hear that there there are three Jokers
0: in in this rebirth universe, right? I did fucking hear that, I and mean, it's like so. Like, wh- like, did they say who the three are? Because I would imagine it's a Batman Joker, um, a just or a Suicide Joker, and then yeah, maybe a Justice League Joker. Because doesn't the Justice League currently exist on a different? Um, uh time frame or dimension as the rest of the new fifty two you? I I know that Dark
1: Side War is happening right now and I'm I'm only at the beginning of reading that right now because I just I fell behind. So it's Dark Side War is kind of leading towards the end of like the whole Jeff Johns and
0: all that run on the New Fifty Two. So I don't know Sorry. Yeah. There's an injustice joker. The injustice joker that tells that Superman kills. So that's also a different Joker. So I think there's a Joker that exists in Batman only. The real Joker. And then yep. And then there's a Joker that exists in Justice League, which we'll learn the identity of. And then there's the Injustice Joker, which is... Injustice takes place completely out of all the timelines. So if that's the case, there's no difference than it is right now. Yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, who gives... I mean, really, who gives a shit? Like, Detective Comics doesn't stick within the same continuity as Batman. So I don't care. You know what I mean? Like eh, whatever, whatever you want to say.
1: This is the problem with comic books. And that I guess my frustration is that sometimes it just goes off on so many tangents or just so many different branches that it's very confusing. And that's always kind of my thing that I get so upset about like these these reboots and whatnot. How many different times are you going to do something instead of keeping the same? So, all right, rebirth, You want to go back to the way it used to be. You want to bring back like the JSA, bring back Wally West, bring back these characters that, that are, are that the old DC fans love, get rid of the 52 or make an explanation so that at least like, like the, the cynical DC fans can really just be like, all right, fine. Let's get back to how it
0: used to be because that's what we want to see. Yeah. I think, uh, honestly, I think like this first part of our podcast like let's leave that out of the bubble because right. the bubble is really the movies, the movies and the TVs because the, the comic book universe is so fucking convoluted on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the big reveal coming out on bleeding cool. And then the out had a really good article today about how DC probably leaked the reveal of Dr. Manhattan creating, um, the new 52 it's like you guys you got your heads up your asses a lot and you know um the editor-in-chief of image i i don't know if we mentioned this on the show or not but the, the editor-in-chief of image and i forget the name it's eric something came out a couple um a couple months ago and talked to all the comic book companies saying like we need to stop doing the gimmicks we need to stop doing the variants We need to like get back to the reason why people love comics. Like right now we're in a golden age. Like people are buying comic book consistent, comic books consistently. Um, And it's things like this, like rebirth. If like, this is the way that it is. And like rebirth is it, you know, like we re numbered action comics and we renumbered detective comics. And like, we're going back to basics and like, that's the way it is. Then I'll be fine. But if in another couple of years they decide to do another logo re-image, you know, we we, yeah, we do another um, jumping on point like Marvel Now and all new, all different. It's like you guys need to just like fucking stop. Image doesn't do it. Boom doesn't do it. Dark Horse doesn't do it. Like Archie doesn't even do it. Like even though there is a new Archie comic. Um, you know, they did Archie Afterlife and stuff like that. They do some gimmicks, but it's like That's fine, some. Then, like that's fine. But like with the big two, it's like you're constantly trying to find places to get new readers on. And like I get that a bit from a business standpoint, but like people aren't fucking idiots either. If they really are invested in the characters, then either tell them, like, this is a good place to jump on, even though it's issue number 52, you are go back and fucking do your homework. Because, like... That's what we had to do. Like, Star Wars is, at this point, almost 40 years old. Um, It'll be 40 years old next year. Like, are you telling me, like, with Star Wars, like, that I need to, you know, go and reboot the series? No. You say... Go back to 1977, watch the first fucking movie, or watch it from episode one and go through episode seven. Like, you're not telling me that you're going to go and reboot this franchise that I love so much. It's like, do your goddamn homework. And as a geek, and as a nerd, as a dweeb, whatever the fuck you want to call yourselves, you should know, like, this is it. Like, do your homework. Get to know these characters, whether you just watch them in the movies and you're reading them now. Whether this is the first comic book that you've ever read, but you're on issue fifty-three, like I'm sorry, do your fucking homework. Like, quit spoon feeding people with issue ones every couple months or every couple of years to get people back in. Just like I'm sorry.
1: No, it's 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 completely right, and I think sorry, that's, a, that's <laughs> also how we're getting fucking these half-ass fans out there who think they yeah. know everything, but they're too lazy to go do the fucking work in the first place. Right. It's like. Listen, we all had to go like before all the like before two thousand six, before the big boom of events, like we had to go back and read everything before they started just rebooting things or just like making it easy for everybody just to like read everything.
0: I mean there's been events for years there's been events I mean like Secret Wars is events. Uh Crisis even, on Infinite Earth. Crisis on Infinite Earth is an event, but it didn't make us have to Um, necessarily like completely forget that everything else existed is now gone you know what I mean it's like we could still then read the comics you know the new 52 like the new 52 for me I had never read a Wonder Woman comic in my life and I read and I knew the character but I read the new 52 uh, Cliff Chang Brian Azzarello comic and I go you know what I fucking love this character I get it Now, as a geek, I will go back and read the character's history. You know what I mean? Like, the new 52, I can't even complain about because I I do think they did a good job. But I also don't think that it was necessarily needed if, like, then Brian Azzarello came in and just was like, you know what?
1: I'm I'm writing a great Wonder Woman story.
0: I'm going to write my own Wonder Woman story. And you can still call it Wonder Woman number five hundred and thirty seven. And like at five hundred and thirty-seven, this is where this person decided to jump onto.
1: And here's here's the other problem. You you're gonna pick and choose which histories you keep. Like you're yeah. gonna keep all these Green Lantern stories, all these Batman stories, but then you're gonna go and reboot these other characters who had relationships with these main characters and who get to keep their stories. So it just it was kind of just convoluted and and you know, no, you know, unnecessary.
0: Right. But, you know, like Batman number one by Scott Snyder, like, that's not a retelling of his origin. Like, they didn't go back and kill his parents and all that stuff. Like, it's just it's just his fucking story. Like, that's it. Like, this is just a new set of stories and it worked for 52. Well, for 50 issues. <laughs> Did you, have you caught up? Are you no. finished? No, no, I gotta okay. that's tomorrow. All right, no spoilers. Anywho, so that's that's kind of it, you know, as far as like the comic book realm goes. Um, you know, they're gonna do what they're gonna do, and I hope that they kind of like don't fuck it up. And I am gonna stay positive because I think that Jeff Johns, um, I think he does really good things. You know, he took over as executive producer slash. We didn't put this on the notes, but like he took over as the Kevin Feige of of dc's movie universe um he's been doing really good things with tv and you know i trust the guy you know i love what he did with batman uh year or earth one i love what he did with uh the flash rebirth the tv shows and on the tv show so i think that he is a good person to lead in the right direction for the cinematic universe but we'll go a little bit deeper into their cinematic universe uh after the break, unless you have other news items you want to talk about. I'm good.
1: Let's let's listen to some moist commercials. Okay, cool.
0: Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're true cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? (laughs) Well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. There the bugger is. She's a big one, ain't she?
1: Oi! Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and
0: look at the paint job on her! We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get him in our sights and end this hunt now! Alright. Alright. Steady. Steady now. Uh, Got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtal.com geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. All this top 40 music is so boring. Geez, I sure wish I had something geeky to listen to. Well, I've got just the thing for you, stranger. Who are you and how did you get in my house? Don't even worry about that. If you're looking for the latest, greatest, and geekiest podcast around, you should check out Those Geeks You Know.
1: Those geeks you know, wow, three friends talking about comic books,
0: movies, TV shows, all the things that I geek out about. But seriously, you got to leave now. Be sure to check out Those Geeks You Know on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter and tell everybody that you know. You got to leave. I called the cops. Okay, we are back from those amazing uh, commercials. Those they are completely geekly commercials, as we like to say here. Great. Um, so what we're going to talk about the second half of this episode is the superhero bubble, as we mentioned at the, at the top of the episode. And, you know, it's been going around um, from different places. Even Steven Spielberg has said that superhero movies are going to go the way of the, of the Western, which, you know, personally, I think is kind of bullshit. Um, Westerns take place in one time period. They have the same type of clothes. They have the same type of, you know, weapons as far as six shooters. They have the same type of vehicles as a horse and buggy. Like, they're, they're very, like, one way. You know, you watch a Hateful Eight and you watch a Django, and I know those are both Quentin Tarantinos, and you can get some variety. Uh, True Grit with the Coen brothers. Like, you can get some different things, but, like, a Western is a Western is a Western. I'm sorry. Like that's just the way that it is. Superhero a noir movies, movie is a
1: noir movie. Is a noir
0: movie, right? <laughs> you know, you got your Sam, Sam Spade. You have your your one way of talking. You have a trench coat usually. I mean, um, even though a noir could also be a a Blade Runner, and like that's a science fiction noir movie. All right, so 1930s but, noir. <laughs> right, 1930s noir. But pigeonholing a western is is very very specific. Um, even like a. No, I'm just going to say that. Fuck it. I'm not going to go down any more rabbit holes. Point being,
1: superhero movies now... You don't want want our 90-year-old fans coming at us, bro.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, Superhero movies now are so... I I don't even want to call them superhero movies because, like, even a Blade, I don't necessarily think of as superhero movie. I think about it as an action... like a, a horror action film. And nowadays, when you have things like The Winter Soldier... Which is an espionage movie. Um, Civil War, which is like an action and adventure, but also in, you know, like a a thriller movie. movie. (laughs) Spy movie. Yeah, right. Uh, The Watchmen. That's not a fucking superhero movie. The Watchmen is its own type of like, I don't even know. It's a subversive spy film. You know, same thing. I'm going to go back with Alan Moore again, but like V for Vendetta. Is that a superhero movie? You know, like superhero movies and let's just say comic book movies are so much different nowadays. The Losers is a comic book film, but it's, it's, it's not what you consider a normal superhero movie anymore. And I use air quotes and I know you listeners can't see those. But Chris, go on. I'm, I'm ranting.
1: No, you can rant all you want because here's the best way to look at it. A comic book is basically a script with pictures. Mhm. I mean, what is the difference? It's a storyboard. It's a storyboard. Yeah. So whether or not you want to call Captain America a superhero because of his actions or Batman a superhero because of his actions or you want to take a like a comic like like preacher, yeah, which is a is totally a different genre. So I mean, you aliens, predators exist within the comic book form. All these different, what we have seen as movies, can jump back and forth between the movie verse to to the to the visual graphic form. So to really say, is there a bubble? I think there is a quote unquote superhero bubble versus, and you know versus say adapting comic books to movies. What I'm going to go back and say now is it depends on how each studio is going to treat these movies and how they're going to treat their characters because right. a movie like Batman versus Superman could have easily broken the bubble of superhero films because of the money and that was spent on that kind of movie. The, the, the level of characters that were featured in that movie and yet it fails.
0: Yeah. I, I think that, Let's let's right now, let's just draw the distinction. And I'm actually going to rename the episode as you guys are hearing it. We're editing it. <laughs> um, I'm going to call it the comic book bubble. Because the superhero bubble, it may burst. It may. People in tights, people in masks, um, it might burst. I don't know. I don't think it will in the next couple of years, maybe in five years. But the comic book bubble is not going to burst. And I don't think it's going to burst ever. Because... When you see something like um what what did you you just mention, like Preacher, right, on television. Like some people are gonna know it's a comic book because they might be pitching it at as that. But if you are just a random person like my wife, who you know, I yell at her all day about comic book stuff, but she just is like, oh, this move, you know, this TV show looks cool because it's just a cool looking idea, like you don't know that it's based off a comic book. When George Romero did Dawn of the Dead, that wasn't based off of a comic book. And now we have The Walking Dead, which is. But, you know, the random AMC watcher doesn't necessarily know that. And, like, I mentioned, um, you know, the... the What the fuck did I just mention? Now I'm already off. Oh, The Losers. The Losers is, is marketed as a action movie. And it's a really good one. But... How many people can tell you that it was based off a comic book? Men in Black. How many people can tell you Men in Black was based off a comic book? Red. Red. Kingsman.
1: Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Every Mark Miller, except for maybe like um, Kick-Ass,
0: you know, you could look at that. as just like Mark Miller's... Redding. Wanted. You what? could not tell Wanted was a comic oh. book. And if you read the comic book that it is based off of, those are two completely separate entities. They're not even close to the same. Go on.
1: A cr- no, no, it's fine. A creator like Mark Miller, you know, you can take any of his comic books and make them into a movie. And it's like, Hey, when are you gonna stop calling it a comic
0: book? Yep. And and sometimes they don't because like that's the other thing is like some comic books have a stigma about them where it's like, you know, I'm not even like the losers, for example, is not even gonna be called a comic book movie. And then there's other things like if, basically if you have a mask So like kick-ass and tight, you are a comic book movie. Um, You know, it just really depends on – like Sin City, like that was a – like Sin City to me is probably the most faithful adaptation of a comic book ever because it's literally frame for frame. Like we just turned it into a visual medium.
1: And as we speak of visual medium, you have to understand also like the idea of what was put on TV starting what – the the fifties into the sixties now as it progresses to be like the more modern times yeah we get we're spoiled but back in the day like what did people have to like entertain themselves with I don't know maybe pulp comics like all well, these I'll detective tell comics the tales from
0: pulp the comic
1: exactly <laughs> the so where where did this all where did it all come from right yeah so I mean comic books date back even before the superhero comics so like. Probably the like late eighteen hundreds, back to like when people were drawn on on walls, you know. So it's like the the medium of art will always be something that, as humans, we're interested in, and something that entertains us and tells stories. So it doesn't just stop on a piece of paper; it can go beyond that now, and uh, we're seeing that more and more these days.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the the you know the comic book bubble is not going to burst because especially now we have more comic books than we've ever seen before. And you know, there's things like saga, which is one of my favorite comic books ever by Brian K Vaughn, which is a sci-fi love story. Things like Archie, which just got remade with Mark Wade, which is now getting turned into a TV show called Riverdale. You know what I mean? And then so, and like, that's basically a, I don't know, like a say by the bell, you know, classroom drama. And then, you know, look at like something like Die Hard back in the 80s. It's not a comic book movie at all, but it's almost like a superhero movie, which we're seeing nowadays. It's one guy versus a bunch of bad guys doing things that are way more than a normal human. He's just not wearing a mask and tights. You know, what's the difference between that and watching, you know, a Captain America other than a shield and the mask. It's no difference. And
1: actually, it's funny you mention that because that's how a lot of 80s movies were into like the early 90s.
0: Straight up fucking superhero movies because if you watch, you know, Van Damme or Chuck Norris, like kick a dude through a wall, like 50 feet away, like that's what Captain America does now. Like you watch anything by Canon films um canon films put out like American Ninja, Canon Films put out Masters of the Universe, actually, um, which had a lot of comic book influences, you know, in its own toy line. Um which uh what's his name worked on, actually, Masters of the Universe. Um the creator of Batman the Animated Series. Paul Dinny? Yeah, Paul Dinny. Um, you know, he worked on some of those comics too. So yep. it's like comic books in genre films, you know what I mean? Like they're constantly like interacting with each other and constantly blending with each other. So that to say like a comic book film is a comic book film, it's like, well, okay, maybe because it was based off of that type of medium. But at the same time, it's like, there's really no difference between there's a ghost world comic or a crumb comic. And then there's a crumb film and a in a ghost world film, and it's like who in in the normal general viewing audience even knows that those are, are comic book movies, right? They they don't know.
1: It's just it's just opening up the new audiences in the general public.
0: Yeah. So, who's doing it right and who's doing it wrong? You know what I mean, like because the the reason why we even talk about a bubble and the bubble then potentially bursting is because there's some people who are doing it wrong and are saturating the market in such a way where it's like, is it too much? So, Marvel has got Civil War this year, and they got Doctor Strange. Next year, it's like, Spider-Man, Captain America, sorry, Spider-Man, Thor, and Black Panther in one year. I would call that an oversaturated, oversaturation of the market, plus you have on TV, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, the Defenders, Iron Fist, <laughs> Iron Fist all in one year potentially, right? So like that right there is like in plus their comics. That's a lot. You know, and then DC, you see next year we're going to see um we're going to see Wonder Woman. We're going to see what else. Justice League Part 1. I can't remember what's 2017. Yeah, Justice definitely League. Wonder Woman. Justice League. No, is it part one? Or is it 2018. Anywho, you're gonna see that. Plus, now we see on DC, and this is part of our news as well. Supergirl moves to CW, along with Flash, Arrow, oh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow.
1: Sorry, Justice League is 2017. Wonder okay. Woman is 2017.
0: Okay. So DC and in Marvel are like just just totally saturating the market with comic books, movies, and television. And, you know, without looking back and forth, you flip on his channel, you're probably going to see something from them. So, you know, and then they got Powerless, DC's Powerless coming out as well, which is going to be on NBC, which is normally sitcoms. Like, is that too much with all this stuff? I, personally... This year was the first year where
1: you could watch Monday through Thursday, and oh. there would be a DC show on. And every oh, yeah. one of those, one, every one of those shows is good, and I have no problem with that as long as they're being, you know, good about what they're putting out, and that's that's the bottom line. Even even with even with Arrow not being like one of the best seasons of the show, it was still a good season. It's still it's still one of our favorite shows. I mean, it was all right.
0: We'll have uh, a we'll have a full breakdown on. Yeah, we're gonna go, we're in the gonna next go. next couple fine. weeks.
1: i just yeah. All the finales are hitting this week. You don't watch Gotham? Gotham holds a special place in my heart. It's, like, it's such a fucked up show. You can man. have
0: a your own Gotham podcast.
1: <laughs> I'll talk to myself about it. Yeah. Um, but you know we'll talk about that next week. But you know it's at the same time. You know when Supergirl has impressed me so much this season, Legends of Tomorrow had such a strong, like, strong, like, lead in and finish. It was just, like, it blew my mind. It's just, like, what they're able to do with these shows on TV, DC is owning that medium. So it's weird to say that when Marvel owns the movie medium but can't get a grasp on TV, yet DC can't get a grasp on the movies.
0: Right. But that being said, do you think that there's an oversaturation between the two big two?
1: No. Okay. I don't. I, you know, I, I feel that the movie release schedule is, is good. Um, They're not coming out at the same time. There are four quarters in a year. If you can get one good superhero movie per, um, per quarter, then you're, you know, I'm happy. Um, it's not like I have to spend that much money to go to the movies. I mean, I only spend the money to really go to the movies if it's a superhero movie anyhow because I really don't find many other movies that worthy of paying that much money for. So um, the next thing I want to say though is that every every time I watch um, every time I watch a DC TV show, I'm more excited for the next day to come because I'm I'm pumped. you know, they're just that good.
0: I agree. I think um, it's kind of the same way that uh, Disney's doing it with Star Wars. Three quarters? Well, Star Wars has um, comic books, television shows, toys, movies, books, and it's like, okay, how do I attack this? And the thing about it is like, you don't... With Star Wars, like you don't have to watch the movie, or sorry, well, you should watch the movie. You don't have to read the book to get the movie. You don't have to watch Rebels to get the movie. You don't have to buy the toys to get the movie. So I think that they're doing a really good job, even though it is highly saturated because it's done by Disney. You can pick and choose what you want. Um, and the same thing kind of goes with you know DC and Marvel, where you don't have to read the comics to get the movie, even though, obviously... Uh and Joe Casada brought this up in Fat Man on Batman, it's like it's not necessarily a spoiler where those situations are going, because if you read the comic, like if Steve Rogers died at the end of Civil War, if you read the comic, you already knew that. You know what I mean? Ten years ago. Yeah. Um so there is really no spoilers in these movies because they're pulling it from the source material in the comics, but You're just you're just waiting for it to happen in the movie, maybe. You're just waiting for it to happen in the movie, maybe. Yeah, which I did. It, yeah. Well, once they once they spoiler
1: killed off Crossbones, I was like, eh, I don't think they're going to do it. So
0: no, um, I think like I think that there is a saturation. I think though it's not an oversaturation, and I think that as long as you uh, pick and choose what you're interested in and what you want to pay attention to, if it's like just the movies, there you go. Just the TV shows, there you go, just the comics, there you go. Um, then you're gonna be okay. I think it's that if you feel overwhelmed because you're trying to take all of it in, and don't get me wrong, I have the Star Wars Toys, I watch Rebels, I read the books, I watch the movies, but I don't feel overwhelmed because like I'm choosing to do it. Um, and like that's it just comes down to a choice as fans, like. What do you want to be overwhelmed by and what do you not want to be? Or are you just enjoying being overwhelmed by it because this is our golden age? And that's what really I think you're right. I think like beggars can't be choosers. And right now we are in a world where, you know what I mean? Like Preacher is premiering. Outcast premieres like very soon after. Fear of the Walking Dead is on TV. Game of Thrones walking dead agents of shield like are you fucking kidding me that almost all these different things are based off your of genre you know what i mean we're gonna see things like krypton come to sci-fi like in powerless looks like shit but it's there you know what well, i mean is i'll watch the, it the dc universe i'll watch the first episode to see how bad it is yeah <laughs> see but that's the thing is like don't ever tell me that you're bored
1: Ever. Oh no! No, you can't. You can't be in this day and age. It's no. like there's so much out there to entertain yourself with. It's like we are actually very lucky. So what actually makes me mad are the sittings who go out and like bitch about this stuff.
0: Like it's not good enough, or the people who bitch about a bubble bursting. It's like the bubbles only get a burst if you let it. Right. Like, yes, there's a lot of TV shows and movies and all that stuff, but like pick and choose what you want. And enjoy the fact that you even have a choice because back in the early 2000s and the late 90s, it's like I got an X-Men movie every couple of years. I get a Spider-Man movie every couple of years and I get a Fantastic Four movie and then maybe a Blade or a Ghost Rider. But even still, the quality is not that great. At that time, both comic book companies are suffering. Both comic book companies are not doing that good. The marketing, I have Toy Biz. A little bit for the um toys. I don't even know what the fuck D C was doing back in the day for toys. So it's like they <laughs> wow. Well, I'm just saying, and you listen to <laughs> Pursuit of Classic if you guys really want to know about Toy Biz. Um there wasn't those choices and like we really like didn't have like we had to go and watch a, a Daredevil that starred Ben Affleck and accept whereas, and accept it. Whereas nowadays it's like, you know what? If you don't want to go through, <laughs> if you don't want to go sorry. see fan four stick well guess what deadpool's right around the corner and it's awesome so, so like don't even worry about it. or watch on tv watch brian michael bendis's own property on, uh, is is powerless which i have not watched but a creator owned no, uh not, not powerless powers powers oh powerless is that dc show right well, yeah, whatever sorry.
1: whatever that is
0: it looks like shit. Anywho, um, powers. Yes. So, you know, there's so many different options nowadays for us fans that we really just need to go, you know what? It's we're good. <laughs> like, I don't need to watch we, this. We don't need to watch this or this looks up my alley and I can watch the first episode and judge from there. Um, but we, we definitely get that, that choice nowadays. And that's something that us as fans should just accept And, you know, really just be happy that we have the options, which we've never, ever had before. There you go. Yeah. That's it. So, um, one thing I want to mention, and it's kind of like off the grid, but it it is kind of a good talking point, is that... uh, Joe Casado was talking about like Marvel movies and all that stuff, and he mentioned that um, Marvel owns the rights to Namor. Yeah, that makes sense. I did not know that. I don't know why. For whatever reason, I thought that like Sony or Universal or some random ass company owned Namor. You would, um, I can explain it to you a little bit. Um, well,
1: you would think that Namor would be owned by Fox because Namor is. In the Fantastic Four comics, you may believe that he may have first showed up in Fantastic Four, or that maybe because he's a mutant, he'd be owned by Fox. But because Namor was actually one of the original Defenders with Captain America and the original Human Torch and Bucky, that's where it goes back to. Like his The ownership comes from the original comics that I believe that Marvel bought early in the days because Captain America was not created by in the Marvel comics. Yeah. He was created by Jack Kirby and, and uh, Joe Simon, but that was under a different, a totally different publisher. And then all of a sudden it was adapted. You know, all of those publishers were bought by Marvel. So these characters are technically Marvel characters, not mutants, not fantastic four characters, which when Marvel, you know, poured out their, their, their properties when they were going bankrupt gave up these different titles and these different characters some of these can actually be looked back you know what almost now know 90 to 100 years ago almost you know so that's that's where it comes from
0: right yeah i didn't i didn't know who he was owned by honestly i just like i don't know if i assumed he's a happy medium character he could be in any three of those franchises Right. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of understanding now. So um, a thing about Namor uh, that I really like, though, is that he's a complete asshole mm-hmm. and he's very pretentious and he's always trying to hook up with Sue Storm. But besides that, is that he's part of the Illuminati. And um, I would like to someday see that, especially now that we have Doc Strange, Black Panther, um, Captain America, Iron Man. We don't have Charles Xavier, but Or Beast. Or Beast. But we can still make it work yeah. with you don't need the, those the, guys. the characters that they have now. So it'd be cool to see that Illuminati and You can put fucking
1: Hank Pym in there for all I care. Put Michael is,
0: Douglas. Yes. I don't care.
1: Yeah. You yeah. made him old? You
0: go ahead, make him Illuminati. That's it. Yeah. So anywho, so any closing thoughts on, on the uh the comic book bubble though? Yeah,
1: Marvel better start sharing some goddamn uh, universe with their TV shows.
0: Yeah, you know, Chloe Bennett, who plays um, Daisy on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., came out and, and was talking shit about it. And um, even on the other side of things, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Harrison Wells, I can't remember the actor's name, was talking about it on... on Tom Cavanaugh? Tom Cavanaugh, yeah, was talking about on DC side. It was just like these people who you cast in your TV shows, which are going to go on for 24 hours as opposed to two, they're bringing it week after week with their, you know, emotionality and their physicality and, you know, bringing these comic book characters to life, but you don't 10 years probably. Right. And you don't trust them in, in one of your one and a half to two hour movies. It's like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, Obviously, everybody who's ever watched The Flash knows that Grant Gussin would be an amazing Flash. Um, that's not even a question. He Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He is an amazing Flash. Yeah, he is an amazing Flash. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not as good as Flash, but with especially with how much they've been trying to introduce the Inhumans into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's like if that's your ultimate goal, and, and Kevin Feige has said that Phase 4 would probably be more a place for Inhumans in Phase 3 at this point, then do what you need to do to get those characters to get introduced in the movies so that people are more accepting of, you know, we want the Royal family. I want to see black bull. I want to see Medusa. I want to see who is it? Karnak. Like I want to see these people. And it's like, do if that's what you're working on, on the show, then do a better fucking job of mixing those universes. Like that's a way where I won't say that the comic book bubble is going to burst. But I will say where the comic book bubble will kind of um, deflate, where people are just getting a fed up, where Stephen Amell, who's doing Amazing Green Arrow, just just do a cameo in Justice League. You know what I mean? Just just do a shot on TV where you go to Star City, you hear about the mass vigilante, the hood, or the arrow, or the green arrow, or whatever they decide to call them at that time. I don't need to see anything more than that. I just need to know that these worlds exist together. That Colson, even though he died, it's like, well, you know, his his team is going on, and and the Avengers are aware of it. That's it. Yep. And don't don't you dare
1: ever put Gotham City across the bay from Metropolis again! Or oh my god!
0: Fucking hey, The fact that you can fucking throw a stone, the fact that you can see the Bat symbol from Metropolis, oh, are you fuck god fuck yourselves? Listen to our previous podcast all about BVS. um as we, that as we kinda, get angry at the end of this podcast. Yeah, we get angry for two hours, but anywho, I don't want to end on a bad note. I want to end on a good note.
1: I got a good note. We're about to, we're about to go into the finale week. As we mentioned, we're gonna have a really exciting podcast for you coming soon. Oh uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about a little Supergirl, a little Flash, a little Arrow, Legend. a little Legends Tomorrow, and I'll talk a little bit about Gotham without spoiling too much for Casey, who'll never watch the show. Yeah, yeah. Spoil all of it. It's like it's my little treat every week. It's like one of those guilty pleasures, I guess. Um, but yeah, we're excited because um, starting manana will be the Flash season finale and
0: we will wrap it up! So. Absolutely. You got it. Um. Alright, well... Check us out online uh, at don'tforgetatowel.com. The only place to travel geekly. You can find us on all forms of social media. If you're on Facebook, forward slash don't forget a towel. One Instagram and Twitter at dfatowel. And I hope you're listening to us on iTunes and or Stitcher. And if it's on iTunes, rate, review us, send us messages, send us five stars, let us know what you think. You know, we appreciate every single one of the people who listen to the podcast and who come to the site. Um, we're very responsive. We will talk to you. We will give you a shout-out on Instagram if that's what you want, or on Twitter. So you know, don't be afraid to tell us you know, what your thoughts are because uh, we, will, we will respond back. Absolutely. Yeah, that's about sums up, buddy. All right. Well, this is Casey saying, uh, don't let the comic book bubble burst.
1: And this is Chris. We'll see you next time.